Hello friends and welcome to There She Grows, the podcast for empowered women who are ready to grow the life and business of their dreams. I'm your host, Jessica Bledsoe, and I am obsessed with helping women like you master their mindset while manifesting your goals and creating a life and business you are excited to wake up to every day. So grab your favorite beverage and maybe a pen for taking some notes because we are about to get growing. again, listen, before we get started, I want to tell you about a workbook that I have created for you. It is 16 pages long and it is all about clearly defining what you want the life and business of your dreams to look like. It's the resource I wish I had had when I started my own mindset and manifesting journey because it allows you to ask yourself questions so you can get really clear on what you're trying to call into your life. And once you can get clear on the details, I promise you the universe is going to start to show up for you in ways that you never could have imagined. I promise this is not just another downloadable freebie that you're going to stick in your downloads folder and never refer back to again. You are going to use this workbook over and over and over in all of the mindset and manifesting work that you're going to be doing. So go ahead and download it right now, justbledso.com. It's yours for free and I need you to get your hands on it so that we can start doing all of this work together. Justbledso.com. Go get it and I'm going to see you over on the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of There She Grows. I am so excited to have today's guest, Sarah Lewis, with us. Sarah and I were on a business summit panel talking about mindset a couple of months ago, and I really loved her story because she works specifically with introverts, and as an introvert herself, she has started and grown several successful businesses, so I knew that I wanted to have her on as a guest to talk to the introverts in the audience because I know there are many of you out there who have either considered starting a business and you're terrified to do it because you consider yourself an introvert or you already own a business and you're struggling with the sales side of things as an introvert. So those are all the things that we're going to be talking to Sarah about today. So hello, Sarah, and welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me on. So excited to be here. Well, I want to jump right in. So tell us a little bit about how you got here, because I know that it was quite the journey to get to where you are today. Yeah. So it, I mean, I've been an introvert all my life and it's shown up in a lot of different ways throughout my journey, but you know, coming up through school, I didn't go out with large groups of friends. Like on Friday nights, I preferred to stay at home. Sometimes I went grocery shopping with my mother on Friday nights. (laughs) And I was fine with that. Like I just didn't feel the need to constantly be socialized. And my brothers, I have two brothers, they're introverts as well. My dad is. So we just didn't have people over like all the time and we're constantly, you know, socializing. I was also shy and introversion and shyness are, are two separate things now, but they often go hand in hand. So I was shy as well. You know, raising my hand in, in class was like a big deal. <laughs> and um, like feedback from like my teachers that like that would give to my parents at parent teacher conference was Sarah knows what she's talking about. She gets good grades, just have her interact more with the class and raise her hands more. And I couldn't believe like that was the feedback, like getting good grades in class wasn't enough. I had to do more. So it was forcing myself kind of through that, which, you know, in high school at the time was torture, but it does, you know, when you face those fears, it does help you move along in the journey and slowly overcome them. There's a great, great quote by uh, Robin Sharma that says, the more you run towards your fears, the smaller they become. 
And I found that through my journey that yes, the more I kind of proactively take these steps, like small steps towards my fears, things just get easier, like appearing on video, for example. I can't remember if I shared this story during that summit we were on or not, but the first time I had to do a video was for an interview. I was, my career started in fitness. Like I, I have a degree in exercise science and I wanted to be the master instructor for candidates that were sitting for a group exercise certification and a, a national certification. So I wanted to be the person that reviewed all the information with them on the day of the exam and then proctored the exam, right? So I had to be the expert, quote unquote. <laughs> and the way I had to submit myself talking and answering questions on video to apply for this position. And I sent in the video and, you know, was nervous because I had never done video before. And the feedback that I got after submitting it was that, yes, you know what you're talking about. We can tell that you're educated. However, you weren't breathing. <laughs> you weren't breathing. That's not like, important. <laughs> right. <laughs> so obviously, like, my nerves of being on video were extremely palpable. But it forced me to do it. And now I do, you know, like IG videos all the time. I do vlogs. Like, so I'm very comfortable talking on video now, but it's, and I don't recommend doing the shotgun approach like I did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been years of me doing video for me to get comfortable on video. So yeah, it's been, it's been a lifelong journey of baby steps towards overcoming my fears and shyness. Yeah. So would you say like when you decided to start your business or were we still kind of in that digital world where you knew that video and things like that were going to be super important? How did you overcome that knowing that that was going to be such a huge part of your business, but still deciding that you were going to go for it anyway? Well, I started my business 11 years ago, so video wasn't quite as big then, but it was still scary. I mean, I, I had to get a loan from the bank to start my, my fitness studio um, and that was scary, just walking in there and asking, you know, for money. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, yeah, like back to when I started, like, yeah, video wasn't such a thing then, but I mean, there's other things to overcome, like you're, you're the unknown, fear of the unknown, yeah. right? I had no idea of whether or not my business was going to be successful at like a brick and mortar fitness studio, you know, who was going to show up, like, was I advertising enough? Like so many unknowns that you just, as an entrepreneur, you have to assume some sort of risk and be resilient in overcoming, you know, whatever happens when you take those risks. Yeah, absolutely. I always say like, I feel like I was really naive when I started my first business and that like, you just don't know what you don't know. And, you know, going through it and then experiencing all those things and having all those unknowns happen to you, it's almost like it was harder to start each business after that first one, just because I knew that there were going to be things that I couldn't foresee. And that gave me like the anxiety that I didn't have when I started my first business. Cause the first one was just like, so new to me that I didn't, I didn't know anything. I was just like, Oh, what's the worst that could happen? I'll go get a real job if it doesn't work out. So I think it's, you know, it's kind of funny how we evolve and we learn things as we grow. And those are really scary things. But like you said, if you can face that fear and kind of push through it, the more and more you do it, the less and less scary it becomes. And it's almost just like second nature. Now you look like even us right now on this zoom call recording the podcast, I feel like it's something that the first few times that I did it, I was completely terrified just because you don't, you don't know what you don't know. And so experiencing something for the first time that I think is always the scariest time it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. 
yeah, but then you, you learn and you grow and there's always going to be some sort of fear. Like no matter if you're in your first year of business or in your 20th, like there's, there's always something. Oh, exactly. There's always going to be something and just being prepared for that and knowing how to handle it when it happens, even if that means you just have to like take a deep breath. And for me, I just like journal through everything now. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to have to go journal through it and see how I actually feel. Cause that first reaction isn't typically how I actually feel about it. It's literally just a reaction. And I need to like work through all of the emotions around that reaction to figure out how I actually feel about something, which feels so weird to me because I've always been just a very impulsive person. And so like working through my mindset journey, I've had to like recognize that about myself and realize when I'm feeling that kind of like spiral set in that that means it's time for me to like sit down and journal and level myself before I, I make a decision just based on that first reaction. Yeah, for sure. Like, and just journaling is one way to get like the emotions out. So, and I feel like that's something that I've also had to really learn in my path is that I used to think like showing emotion made you weak. And so I would like just bury everything down. Like I never cried. I didn't journal. Like I was like, no, it like I'm stronger than this. I'm fine. Like <laughs> I'm fine. Everything's fine. And <laughs> like that meme where like the house is on fire and you're just like everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and it's like and it's like, you know, the duck underwater with the feet just like paddling, 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 but it looks smooth on the surface, but it's not really underneath. And so that's something I've had to do as well is write things down like to understand like, oh, you are experiencing an emotion and you need to let that out, whether it's talking to someone or journaling or singing or dancing or painting or whatever it may be. But yeah, just letting the emotion come out so you can actually like process it and then move forward. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned you started your kind of entrepreneurial journey in the fitness industry. How did you and when did you transition into coaching? And, you know, tell us a little bit more about who you serve through your coaching. So the transition was about two years ago. Every year at the end of the year, I write down a, an annual plan for the upcoming year. So at the end of 2018, I'm sitting down and I'm writing out this plan for how 2019 is going to be like this awesome year of fitness and what I'm going to do in my fitness business and, you know, setting all these goals. And I wrote it all out and it, that's over the course of a few days that that takes me to write down a whole entire annual plan. <laughs> and then in January, I sat down and looked at it like, okay, where do I start with all this? And I was like, I don't want to do any of this. Like literally like my motivation was gone. Like, I don't want to do this. Like I, cause I've been in fitness for 18 years at this point. So I was like kind of done. So I started thinking, well, what else can I do? Like, what else do I identify with or align with? And I was like, okay, I'm an introvert. And I do have at that point, 10 years of entrepreneurial experience under my belt. So how do I kind of combine those things? And plus being, you know, a personal trainer is coaching people. So I thought, okay, well, I can coach introverted entrepreneurs, you know, because I've had this life experience and business experience. So I can do that. And once I started moving towards that transition, like the fire was like kind of reignited in me. And I was like, okay, like I do feel aligned with this and that's how I'm going to start moving forward. So the current coaching business for introverted entrepreneurs is relatively new but I serve the people that I used to be. Like I serve female introverted entrepreneurs who are starting a business and they you know, are shy and they're having trouble putting themselves out there and they're afraid of annoying people if they ask for a sale. All those sorts of things that I've moved through and I know how to handle is how I coach introverts now. 
Yeah, one thing that my coach said to me um, in one of our coaching programs was you only have to be like two steps ahead of your client, right? And that really like opened my eyes because I felt like I wanted to become like an expert in everything before I could call myself like a coach. And hearing her say that, I was like, that's really true because also you don't really want someone who's like 15 steps ahead of you because it's going to be really hard for them to remember like what where they were at and meet you where you're at. But if you can find someone who's just just ahead of where you want to be. It's like, tell me all the things that you did to get here and like help me do that myself too. And that, that for me just kind of like freed me from this like fear of calling myself an expert in anything when, when I'm still learning and doing too, but the me that I am now is I want to help, you know, where I was two years ago when I first started my journey too. And I think that, you know, I think our businesses continue to evolve and, and grow as we continue to, you know, help and coach people and, and really learn more about ourselves and we can help other people in other ways. But yeah. you talk really specifically about self-limiting beliefs and overcoming them. So how would you recommend first how to identify what your self-limiting beliefs are and then how to begin overcoming them specifically if you were, you know, an introverted person? Yeah. Well, that is the first step is identifying them. And you have to do this kind of in a quiet space. Like, I mean, a lot of people talk about self-limiting beliefs and it's important to move through them. But if you don't give yourself like the time and space to work on them, it's never going to happen. Like, I feel like it's not one of the steps that anyone talks about when you're building your business. It's all yeah. like, okay, like build out your business plan and get a logo and build your website and, you know, financial blah, blah, blah. And, and you go through all that and you're like, oh, but how do I ask for money? Because I'm really scared of bothering this person if I send them two emails. <laughs> so you have to make that time to like actually sit down with yourself. And it, it is a writing exercise that I do. So I, I write down like what I'm afraid of. And it used to be like that money is not abundant, right? Because my parents were teachers. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. I remember my mom, my mom taught piano lessons on the side. Um, that was her, her side hustle. <laughs> and she kept the money for the piano lessons in a mason jar in one of the kitchen cabinets. So it was like this little savings account, like a <laughs> physical savings account like, in our kitchen cabinet. And when there was enough money, like checks and cash in there, then we would get like new carpet for the house or something really extravagant like that. So it was like, okay, money is not really abundant. Like you have to work for it, number one. And number two, you have to save it. And so just being in that household, I'm not saying that's like wrong or right. Like, you know, my parents were successful people, but that's, that's what I learned. So the thing about self-limiting beliefs is that they start forming way back, like way back. It's not something that just happened, you know, like last year. So you have to identify like where that belief came from. So yes, identify that you have it then identify where it came from. Then you have to ask yourself, well, is that true? Is money not really abundant? So no, there's people like Elon Musk, Richard Branson, whereas money is very, very abundant, right? So it's not true for all people. So then it's like, okay, well, how can I rewrite my beliefs? And it's like, okay, well, money is abundant. I'm worthy of it. It wasn't, you know, shown to me, but it is, it is possible for me. So it's, taking the time to identify the belief and then rewriting it, like literally rewiring it in your brain and then sticking with it and kind of repeating that to yourself until you fully believe it. Because it's like an aha moment when you first rewrite it, but to really cement it as a new belief in your head, you have to keep reading it and keep cementing it in your brain. 
Yeah, I completely agree. That's how I learned to kind of do it as well. And I, I created my affirmations and I don't know if that's something that you do as well with, with affirmations, but I just started the practice of actually writing my affirmations down, not just like saying them because I learned by writing things like in college, I could never take notes on my computer. I always had to like write everything down. And so I kind of reverted back to that when I was doing my affirmations and trying to reframe my own limiting beliefs, especially around money something that came up for me that was really weird. And I think this is like, this is the weird thing about working through your limiting beliefs is like, if somebody asks you like, what's a limiting belief you have about yourself, you could probably name like, you know, two, three, maybe even five, like kind of off the top of your head. But once you really start to do like the inner work, there are like things that come through for you that you never would have thought of before. Like I remember being like rewarded with money for good grades And that kind of carried over into that, like, oh, like hard work pays off, essentially, was that like belief that I had about money, meaning that I had to work really hard because I had to work hard in school to get those good grades. So you have to work hard to be able to make money. And it was like, yeah, I I wouldn't have even considered that a a limiting belief before because it was like, well, yeah, like, you know, you, you did good in school. So you got money for your good grades. But then I, when I realized like, oh, but now that means that I think I have to work really hard to get money when, like you said, I can, I can see all around me people who aren't working nearly as hard as I am, some people who aren't working at all and just have, you know, money. And so it's like, how can I reframe that and reshape that? So my like number one affirmation is money comes to me easily and frequently. And I would write that down. Like, I mean, I would probably write it like a hundred times a day in the beginning and I didn't believe it, but I was still writing it. And I was really trying to like feel my way through it as I was doing it. And now it's just literally like ingrained in my brain. If I see a penny laying on the ground, like I pick it up and I'm like, woohoo, money comes to me easily and frequently. And it's just like a thing that I do now. Like every time I get paid or like I said, just finding like a penny on the ground, like I just react to it the same way. And it feels silly in the beginning when you're doing this, but just knowing that, you know, continuing with that consistency and finding something that works for you, but, you know, really being able to not just work on those surface limiting beliefs, but being able to really spend some time with yourself and see other ways which those beliefs come through. And, you know, our parents have the best of intentions, just as I'm sure that, you know, if you're, and I know you're a parent as well, you have the best of intentions with your kids as well, but there's just things that you do that you probably don't even realize that you do. I'm sure my parents thought they were doing me a service by paying me for good grades. And at the time they certainly were, but you know, the way it carried over into adulthood is, is I don't think the outcome that any of us would have expected from that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, I like catch myself because there's silly things that we're not going to pay for. Like that Paige, my daughter asks for, like she wants every movie that she's ever seen, like to own it, right? Like The Incredibles, Moana, Maleficent, like she wants all of them. And we're like, we're not going to buy them. And she's like, it's $17. And we're like, yeah, but we're not going to buy that because you don't, we don't buy everything that you ask for, right? Like you're not a spoiled kid. (laughs) And I'm, but then I'm like, are we teaching her that like money is not abundant? Like, so I, I worry, but, but she's only six. So I'm like, okay, well maybe, (laughs) maybe we can talk about this further down the road. Like you just don't get everything that you want in life. Yeah. Like you have, she does have to experience some, <laughs> some no's in her life. Right. Like you have to experience some no's. And obviously for me, it was an incentive to keep getting good grades because I wanted that 20 bucks for every A that I earned. Cause I was like, you know, the richest kid on the block when report card day came. Um, but then when I was <laughs> spending 60 hours a week working on my business and probably still not making $20 an hour at that point, it was like, whoa, <laughs> I probably need to figure out what's going on here. But that was the weird thing that came through for me. 
Yeah. But I'm curious, like what advice would you give to an introvert who wants to start their business, but they're just afraid of putting themselves out there. They know they're going to have to show up on video. They know they're going to have to work into a networking event and they're just kind of like paralyzed and in action and don't think that they can do it. What would, what advice would you give them to get started? I would say hire a coach early and yes. in your journey, especially if you're a solopreneur. Like me, I started out as a one woman show and it's lonely. Like you need to be surrounded by people that are going to lift you up, that you can have eyes on the work that you're putting out there and to keep your mindset right. Like, cause if you don't know about doing the inner work, then it's always going to be like feeling like a failure or slogging through. Like, it's just not fun to go it all alone when you have to like just battle your head every day. And I think that's the true value of hiring a coach is that you can air out your emotions. You can get eyes on your work that you can keep your mind right, essentially. But yeah, I mean, starting out with that paralysis is you do have to kind of figure out like, well, what can I do? Like you have to break it down into like the the very first step. Like what's the one thing, the one action I can do today that will move me forward. So it's, it's breaking and it's so overwhelming because there's so much to do when you start a business, but it's, yeah, it's breaking it down to like little baby steps. Like, okay, well I can do that today. Like I can, whatever, just start searching for a graphic designer, for example, to, to do my logo or I can just start brainstorming a list of my product names or my service names or my course names or whatever it may be. Like, cause naming things takes forever. So yeah, it's just finding those like little tiny action steps that you can take because I think once you start like building on those, then you start to really see the progress, but you do have to take the first step. Yeah, I completely agree. And I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of coaches and I've interviewed several coaches for the podcast at this point. And that's almost all of them. That's their number one piece of advice. And it's like, oh, well, you're a coach. Of course, you're going to like say that that's the first thing that you should do. But honestly, like I didn't hire a coach until I was probably almost two years into my business. And when I first heard of business coaching, I'd never heard of it before. Like it was a completely foreign concept to me, but it completely changed my business for the better. And um, I've mentioned this before, and I'm sure I'll mention it a thousand times again, but when my business like started to crumble in 2016, it was really my business coach that helped push me forward and to get through that, to have a business that was still open after all of that happened. And then also you know, restructured the business so that I was much happier with the work that I was doing than the work that I was doing before too. And so it seems a little like salesy to say like, go hire a coach first thing, but you're going to get such a shortcut and such a leg up on everybody else. That's just trying to piece it together. And then making that just initial investment in yourself too, is like saying, I believe in myself so much that I'm willing to like put my money where my mouth is essentially but you're also getting like, you're getting a roadmap, you're getting a shortcut and you're getting somebody who can help you take those big, huge goals and break them into those tiny bite-sized chunks that you can actually say like, okay, today, the only thing I have to do is actually like create my Instagram account. I don't have to show up on video as soon as I create it, but I'm going to go ahead and at least create it and, and start getting some stuff out there. So I agree with that. And I hope if you're listening and you are thinking about starting a business that, you know, you would consider hiring a coach and and I know that you have a program coming out in September called Supernova, right? So tell us a little bit about that program and who it's for. So Supernova is for introverted entrepreneurs who want to put themselves out there. So usually the thing that's limiting you and putting yourself out there is some sort of fear, like the fear of judgment or the fear of rejection. 
you're afraid of video because you haven't put on makeup or you don't want to put on makeup or you're waiting for the perfect hair day or you know you're afraid to send emails to your list because you're afraid of annoying them or you're not going to post with a call to action of you know message me for more info on instagram because that would be too salesy or those sorts of things so it's for introverted entrepreneurs who feel like, or who recognize that they are the ones that are holding themselves back and they wanna move through that and work through the self-limiting beliefs, identify some trauma and work through that, and then envision their future selves so that all that inner work gets done in a relatively quickly way, like we do this in, a, in about six days time. Um, it's a self-guided program, but I have you know video coaching in it and worksheets so that you can start actually putting yourself out there and not just continuing to say, I'm afraid of putting myself out there. Because the more you say, I'm afraid of such and such, whatever it may be, the more that becomes your belief and the more held down you become. So like you were saying before, like you had to really rewire yourself, like that money comes to you easily. Uh, and frequently. You know, easily. Yeah. <laughs> you had to like really ingrain that into yourself, yeah. but it's the same as, if you constantly say, well, I'm bad with names and you constantly let yourself off the hook with learning people's names. And for years you were saying, oh, I'm bad with names. And you even tell people that like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember your name. I'm horrible with names. Well, then that's your belief. And you literally, you can't move through that because you've just told yourself that for years. So it's like you were saying earlier, like, what if we could rewire that and we could instill a new belief saying, I'm amazing on video. And you say that every day for months. And then finally, like, you're like, Oh yeah, I actually am amazing on video. So let's go. So that's what the, yeah. the program is about. Getting awesome. from there to here. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that is, it's such a, a journey and it's, it's a difficult journey because it does require some like self-reflection that sometimes you're just not quite ready for. And I think that there's, there's layers. It's like an onion, right? Like there's just so many different layers. You work through one thing and then you realize there's like something else that starts to come up for you and you have to continue to work on it. But man, like, I'm just like such a like better, happier person having worked through those, all those things. Doesn't mean it's not kind of like miserable when I'm doing it, but I know that once I get through it, it's going to be so much better and I'm going to have tools that I didn't have before. And, and I can see just like the way that my thought process works now is so much different. Like I said, I was very impulsive before, like whatever the first reaction was, that's just what I led with. And, and now I can kind of slow down and give myself some time. And, you know, that was, you know, my, my limiting belief. And I know that we all have different things that, that we're working through. And I like to consider myself like an introverted extrovert. Um, and that like, I need a lot of alone time, but I actually, I love to be surrounded by people. I was the opposite in high school. I was like, I was out with friends all the time. I basically lived at my friends' houses or they lived at mine. And it took me a while to really get comfortable being alone with just myself, but getting comfortable with that. Like I really enjoy just spending time by myself, but it does show up for me in, in other ways and in, in entrepreneurship, just in that, like, you know, walking into a room full of people doesn't bother me, but being that person who walks up and initiates a conversation, like that's always something that I've had to struggle with. And so now I've, I've got this like little like ritual that I take myself through before I walk into like a, a networking, an in-person networking event where I'll stand in my like Wonder Woman pose for like 30 seconds in the bathroom before I go in there. And I'm just like, okay, like I am an amazing person who anybody would want to talk to. And I'm going to introduce myself to the first person that I see. And so I just like make a deal with myself that that's what I'm going to do. The first person I see, I'm just going to walk up to him and I'm going to say, Hey, I'm Jessica. Who are you? And um, it's super uncomfortable, but the more I did it, the more I was like, well, this is just how I interact and how I do things now. So getting comfortable with that repetition is, 
is also an important piece of it, but. Yeah, um, and it decreases the, like a little bit of the uncertainty. So any kind of rit rituals help you move through uncertainty. Like how am I gonna handle the situation? Well, I'm gonna walk up to the first person I see and say, hey, how are you? <laughs> yeah, and like nobody's ever looked at me and been like, um, no, I'm not gonna talk to you. You know, like <laughs> usually people are happy that somebody's talking to them now too. So, <laughs> but those are the stories that we play through in our head. Like we're gonna walk up to somebody and introduce ourselves and they're just gonna like turn around and walk away. It's like, well, we're all at a network event we're all here for the sole purpose of growing our business so if yeah. you're not talking to somebody then you probably want somebody to talk to so I'll just be that person now <laughs> yeah that's a great mindset yeah but it's you know it's not one that you start out with at least not for a lot of us the first networking event I walked into I stood in the corner by myself like praying in my mind that somebody would walk up and say hello to me and that I wasn't going to have to be the person that did that and I literally just stood there in that corner until somebody finally like took pity on me and was like <laughs> They were probably like, sweetie, are you lost? But, <laughs> but they, you know, it's, it happens and, and here we are now. But tell us, where do you hang out online? Where can we follow you? How can they get more information about the program? And then I will also include these links in the show notes for anybody who's interested. So online, I am mostly on Instagram. Um, and so I'm at introverts emerge. I am on Facebook the same, like you know, facebook.com slash introverts emerge. And my website is basically the place to find out about my programs. So that's www.introvertsemerge.com. I have a YouTube channel as well. Everything is under introverts emerge. Introverts you search emerge. That, you're going to find it. Perfect. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah. I really love talking to you again and, and learning especially more about your program. And hopefully we will talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. It's fun. If you're anything like me, your calendar rules your day. If it's not on your calendar, it probably doesn't get done. But sometimes we just need that calendar to do a little bit more. And that's exactly why I created Paper. Paver is a Google Calendar add-on that, simply put, makes your Google Calendar better. And you can install it for free right now from the G Suite Marketplace or at www.getpaver.com. That's G-E-T-P-A-V-R.com. Thanks for listening to There She Grows. For show notes, resources I talked about in this episode, or links to our free downloads, visit www.thershegrowspodcast.com. Thanks, and I'll see you next week.